What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Next Level Freedom Church podcast. My name is Trenton Cruz. I'm the lead pastor of Next Level Freedom Church in Jackson, Missouri. If you're seeking a church family that can help you grow in your relationship with Christ, or maybe you just want to check us out online, be sure to check out our website, www.nextlevelfreedomchurch.com. I hope today's episode will inspire you and encourage you as you fulfill the destiny God has for your life and fulfill your divine purpose in God's master plan. Thanks for tuning and God bless. All right. Good evening. Good evening. Welcome everybody back. Those of you tuning online, let me go ahead and introduce myself. My name is Trenton Cruz. I'm the lead pastor of Next Level Freedom Church right here in Jackson, Missouri. We thank you for tuning online with us this evening. But what we want to do is invite you to tune, join us live on a Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Or a Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. right here at 1225 Old Cape Road where God has been doing big things. Can I say good an amen? Amen. Amen. So uh, God's been doing some big things in the house and I'm excited about tonight's message because I have no idea (laughs) where it's going. But here's what happened to me this morning. I'll just tell it again for those that didn't hear it online. Uh, This morning, or I guess last night, right before I went to bed, God started shifting some things in the message. I thought I knew what direction I was going to take this series, No Surrender. And this morning, about 5 a.m., I got up and got to work. (laughs) Because God said, no, we're going to do this a little bit different. So for the next three to four weeks, however long it takes, we're going to be talking about Gideon from the book of Judges. And if you're not familiar with this story, I am glad... That's your tuned in right now, because he's got a story, and a lot of his story is relatable to what's happening right now in our world. So we're going to be, if you want to take your finger there and hold your finger, we're going to be in Judges chapter 6 tonight, and we're going to start right there in verse 1. Before we do that, I want to go ahead and get our key scripture for the evening read, and we get one more drink, and we'll go from there. I had a room full of second graders yesterday, and they like to talk, so I'm a little hoarse tonight. So, uh, but praise the Lord, we're gonna we're gonna keep moving. God, look, I want to just pray before we start this evening. Father, I thank you, Lord, for this evening, Lord. I thank you for this word that you've given me to speak this evening, Lord. I pray that you would speak your words through me tonight, that they would not be my own. May those listening, whether they're here or online later, receive the word that you have for them tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 to 13 is our key passage for this entire series. Guys, i got to admit, one of my favorite parts of the video you just saw is the double-edged sword. Why? Because the Bible is a double-edged sword. The the Ephesians tells us that. We don't read that far into chapter 6. But if you keep reading, it's your double-edged sword. It's what we fight things with. So uh, it's your sword. You get ready for battle. But we do not fight. Let's go ahead and read it. Ephesians chapter 6. Verse 10, it says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. And doesn't he have a lot of them right now? For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, and against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. Amen. Amen. And you know what? 
We pray this over our family every morning. I hope you do. Before we send the kids off to school, before we go to work, we put on our armor because we're going to need it. Fighting the devil's schemes because he's got a lot of them going on right now in the world. He's deceiving a lot of people. But how many of y'all know God's bigger? Amen. Amen. And he will win in the end. And that's why the devil's working so hard right now, because God's moving right now. And I would say God's working hard, but to him it's probably just like, woo, let's just do this. The devil's working hard to fight against it. He's trying to keep the Christians, the saints' eyes off of what's going on and on fear. We've been talking about that for the last couple of weeks, and I will say it again. This has been all summer themed. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And if you're a believer, we're going to talk about that some more tonight. Go ahead and go to Judges chapter 6, verse 1. It says, the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. And for seven years, he gave them into the hands of the Midianites. Because the power of Midian was so oppressive... The Israelites prepared shelters for themselves in mountain clefts, caves, and strongholds. They were hiding. Whenever the Israelites planted their crops, the Midianites, the Malachites, and other eastern peoples invaded the country. They camped on the land and ruined the crops all the way to Gaza and did not spare a living thing for Israel. Neither sheep, nor cattle, nor donkeys. They came up with their livestock and their tents like swarms of locusts. It was impossible to count them or their camels. They invaded the land to ravage it. Midian so impoverished the Israelites that they cried out to the Lord for help. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. Now how many of y'all realize that that is when we decide to call on God? Mm-hmm. When it looks like there's no other way to handle it. Why don't we call on him at the beginning before it all gets started? Oh. But we all have done it. I'm not saying it happens every time people there. But let me just go ahead and get the point. And then I'm going to throw a scripture in that I hadn't got, so let me get that ready. But the point, the first number point, if you're taking notes, is evil can seem overwhelming at times. Just look at the world you're living in. Mm-hmm. There are so many people that have been deceived by a lie that evil, it looks like, is overwhelming. But how many of y'all know, like I said at the beginning, God's bigger. Amen. You know, a friend of mine, we used to hang out when we had prayer meetings and stuff, and he had this saying, and he would say it like a preacher, right? He'd say, Satan is mighty, but God is almighty. Amen. Come on, y'all. You gotta wake up this. Lighten up, lighten up. It's not that serious. I know it looks like it is in the world you're living in, but it's not. God is still in control no matter what it looks like out here in the world around you. If you can keep your eyes on God, if you can keep your eyes on Jesus, we're gonna talk about it. You're gonna be just fine. Promise. Because check out Isaiah 26, 3. I love this as I was reading it. It says, You will keep him in perfect peace. Whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts you. And you is capitalized because the you it's talking about is God. Amen. He will keep you in perfect peace if your mind is stayed on him. Because anyone mind who stays on God 
He keeps you in peace. There is a scripture I wanted to bring up, and this really just came back to me. I looked it up this morning. I was looking for it for a different reason. So it's not in my notes, but I want to go ahead and read this. This was a popular one, especially around last year. Second Chronicles 7, 14. You guys remember this one from last year? Matter of fact, I want to read verse 16 first. It says, For now I have chosen and sanctified this house, that my name may be there forever. And my eyes and my heart will be there. Well, this is the wrong scripture. I'm sorry, guys. I'm down in verse 17. We need to jump back up to verse 13. Sorry, guys. When I shut up heaven and there is no rain, or command the locusts to devour the land, and send pestilence among my people, if my people, here we go. You guys should know this. You heard it a lot last year. If my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and heal their land. Amen. Amen. It's still a word for us today. Last year we talked about it a lot. I know we did anyway at Next Level Freedom Church. But it was brought up all these preachers and, oh, if we'll humble ourselves, if we'll pray. But how many of y'all know the saints, the real saints, have been praying? Mm -hmm. And God has been moving. Yes. And he said if they would humble themselves and pray, right? That's right. If my people, who's he talking about? He's not talking about the rest of the world. He's talking about his kids. His saints, us, if you're born again, he's talking to you. He said, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves. Mm. The church has been asleep for a long time. I'm glad to see it waking up. Amen. Amen. There has been a new boldness rising up in this generation. And Satan doesn't like it. How was it Pastor Brett always worded it? It's move, counter move. God makes a move, Satan tries to make a counter move. Because he wants to distract you from what God's really up to. Mm -hmm. So if he can keep your mind over here on the fear, he can keep you from reaching your potential. Mm -hmm. And that's real, right? Go back to Judges chapter 6. Here we go. Verse 7, continue where we left off. So the Israelites were in fear. They're running, they're hiding in caves. Because every time these Midianites and Amalekites and other eastern people invade their country, they take everything. Does that not sound a little bit like today? And when they finally were impoverished, this sounds like the church last year. When we finally woke up and realized what was going on, we called out to God for help. Amen. Amen. Trust me, when his kids call or his children call on him, he's listening. It's just like you adults out there. You aren't going to let any harm come to your kid if it's up to you. Right? Amen. Amen. God's the same way with us. We're his kids. Sometimes we go through some stuff, but he's always there with us. Jehovah Shammah, the Lord God who is there. He's there in the midst of everything. Verse 7, let's pick it up where we left off. Judges 6, 7, it says, When the Israelites cried out to the Lord because of Midian... He sent them a prophet who said, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. I brought you up out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. I rescued you from the hand of the Egyptians, and I delivered you from the hand of all your oppressors. And I drove them out before you and gave you their land. 
I said to you, I am the Lord your God. Do not worship the gods of the Amorites in whose land you live, but you have not listened to me. Point number two is quite simple. The prophets are speaking. Right now. And let me tell you, for those of you out there doubting, every true prophet I've listened to, everything they're saying is coming to pass exactly the way God has told them it would. Some have already been dead and gone for years. Prophecies they prophesied years ago are coming to pass now. They prophesied. But check out, why, why do you say that, Pastor? Well, Amos 3.7 tells us this. Surely the sovereign Lord does nothing without revealing his plan to his servants, the prophets. The prophets are speaking. Are you listening? Or are you distracted? What did we talk about a few weeks ago? Fear and confusion are not of God. Distraction is not either. That's right. What did we say? He hasn't given us the spirit of fear. Love, power, sound mind. A sound mind. One that can focus on what he's saying. The prophets are speaking. Are you listening? You guys out there too. They've been saying a whole lot. God hasn't been silent. He's been telling us what he's getting ready to do. And it's exciting. It's exciting. Get ready, church. Get ready for the biggest revival this world's ever seen. Amen. They're calling it the billion soul harvest. Whoa. Whoa. Amen. There's only 7 billion in the world, right? The billion soul harvest. That's what they've been calling us since I've been listening to them last year. Verse 11, though, as we continue. So the prophets are speaking, and we just found out from Amos, he doesn't do anything without first speaking to his prophets. He tells you what's coming through the prophets. That way, when it happens, you know it's him. What do you mean? Well, Jesus is the prime example, right? They prophesied a Messiah. For years, then he came. The religious people that weren't paying attention missed it. Mm -hmm. The church realized what had happened, and they got their act together. And then we've done a whole book called Acts, right? Mm -hmm. We see all kinds of stuff happening. Judges chapter 6, continuing there in verse 11. The angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak of Ophrah that belonged to Joash the Abiz okay, Abizarite. I hope I said that right. Where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. Hmm. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Check this out. Check out his response. Pardon me, Lord? Pardon me, my Lord? Gideon replied, But if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Does this not sound like a question some people are asking today? Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, Did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us. Whoa! And given us into the hand of Midian. Say what? Can I just translate Gideon real quick? God says, the angel shows up and said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Excuse me? <laughs> Lord is with me. What's up with all this mess? What's going on around me? But what did we just talk about? You have to have eyes to see, ears to hear. 
to see what God is doing. Because point number three tonight, when we feel abandoned, God is still there. My mom's favorite poem years ago, my mom passed on years ago, but her favorite poem was Footprints in the Sand. Why was it her favorite? For those of you that aren't familiar, I don't have the poem memorized, sorry. But the poem, the gist of the poem is, there's one set, set of footprints walking in the sand. And the person's like, I thought you said you would always be with me. And Jesus said, yeah. Those are the times I was carrying. So you have two sets, then one set. That doesn't mean God left. It means he carried you through. Amen. Some of you got those carry through moments happening right now. He's carrying you. Some people don't even realize they're being carried. God, everything that's happening right now, the only way, the only person, the only being that can get credit for it is God. When all is said and done, there's going to be no denying who fixed it. Amen. Now, if you deny my feelings, my thoughts, you have to flat out just reject God. Because by the time it's all said and done, there will be no denying who changed it. Amen. So don't look at that world when you're feeling abandoned, some of you right now. God's still there. What did we say a minute ago? He's Jehovah Shammah. The Lord God who is there. Always. Always. No matter what we're going through. 1 Samuel 12, 22 says, For the Lord will not forsake his people. For his great name's sake, because it has pleased the Lord to make you his people. What? Everyone sitting here, if you're a believer, you ought to be able to testify knowing that wherever you were at in life, they looked like there was no way out. Some of you. Now some of us was raised in church, so maybe we weren't that far out there. But there's people with some testimonies. Let me just tell you. That it looked like if anybody wasn't going to make it, it was them. <laughs> and guess what? Those are the ones evangelizing this world. Amen. Because God showed up. And when God shows up, He didn't forsake you. Lisa Lambert talked about it. He's pursuing you. Mm -hmm. That's right. Now there comes a point where you're going to have to make a choice. Do you follow Him or not? But He's pursuing. He wants you to reach your potential. But you've got to quit letting the distractions come in. Because what did it say? He won't forsake his people his name for his name's sake because it pleased him. Right? Mm -hmm. It pleased the Lord to make you his people. He loves you. He wants what's best for you. Amen. We just got to surrender. The old song, I Surrender All. That was in my song this past Sunday. Or in my mind this past Sunday. I Surrender All. All to Jesus, I surrender. I surrender all. That's where it's got to come. If you don't surrender all and you're holding on to some things and you're trying to be lukewarm, the Bible says he'll spew you out of his mouth. You're either cold or hot. He'd rather have you totally reject him or totally love him. Don't try to straddle the fence and put one foot in the world and one foot in God. Because it doesn't work that way. Uh, verse 14, it says, The Lord turned to him and said, Go in the strength you have and save Israel of the Midian's hand. Am I not or am I not sending you? Pardon me, my Lord. Here we go again, right? 
Get any reply? But how can I? Here we go. Now we're talking here. Excuse me? <clears throat> Tell you what he said. My clan is the weakest in Manasseh. That was one of the smaller tribes. And I am the least in my family. And the Lord answered, I will be with you. And you will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. Whoa. Whoa. I've been here. God called me. Excuse me? You know who I am? I'm nothing, Lord. Why would you use me? I'm from a little town of 500 people is the population. Little old town in Illinois. I had more people than that in the last church I came from. 500 people growing up. Brett's from the same town. So 498 were left. <laughs> right? Oh, just kidding. But I come from the little town too. It's like, God, you want me to do what? Some of you were there. God, you want me to do what? Do you know who I am? The Lord answered, I will be with you. Amen. And you will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. There's an army rising up right now, folks. That's right. And it's not the people you expected to see. Religious people have done missed it. God's going to the streets. He's saving the people on the streets. They're the ones leading this revival. Then there's the remnant, right? They're part of the remnant. But then there's the people in the church that have been, and we've seen it happen right here, praise the Lord, have been wanting to see a move of God for years. And we're getting to see it. Why? Because we let the Holy Spirit have control. That's right. You can't quench the Spirit. You gotta let him move. And he'll change everyone's lives. So point four is the Lord uses what you have. What do you have right now? What do you have in this moment? Yeah, maybe he's giving you a vision for the future. He's giving me one. But what do I have that I can use right now to make a difference in God's kingdom? Psalm 143, 9 and 10 says, Deliver me, O Lord, from my enemies. In you I take shelter. Teach me to do your will. For you are my God. Your spirit is good. Lead me in the land of uprightness. Amen. Well, why did you use that passage? Because did you hear Gideon? I can't do are you Do you know who you're talking to, God? But what's the key here? The key you should get out of this song. They're calling on God. Oh, Lord, deliver me from my enemies. What? In you I take shelter. Mm -hmm. Teach me to do your will. Right? When we let ourselves get in the way, things go nowhere. Mm -hmm. Teach me to do your will. For you are my God. Your spirit is good. Not mine. Yours. Lead me in the land of uprightness. you got to be willing to let God take the will. You want to do what Gideon's getting. Y'all, when we get to that part of the story, I hope you can have a shout in you. Because there's several things that are getting ready to happen over the next few weeks. But the big finale 
it's worth waiting for because it's happening now too. We're going to talk about it when we get there. But check it out. Judges chapter 6. We're going to read the rest of where we're going tonight. We're going to stop at verse 24. Verse 17 where we left off. Gideon replied, If now I have found favor in your eyes, give me a sign that it is really you talking to me. Please do not go away until I come back and bring my offering and set it before you. And the Lord said, I will wait until you return. Gideon went inside, prepared a young goat, and from an ephah of flour, he made bread without yeast. Putting the meat in a basket and its broth in a pot, he brought them out and offered them to him under the oak. Old oak tree, anyway. I just saw came, or whatever it was, came tonight. The angel of God said to him, Take the meat and the unleavened bread, place them on this rock, and pour out the broth. And Gideon did so. Then the angel of the Lord touched the meat and the unleavened bread with the tip of the staff that was in his hand. Fire flared from the rock, consuming the meat and the bread, and the angel of the Lord disappeared. And when Gideon realized that it was an angel of the Lord, he exclaimed, Alas, sovereign Lord, I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. But the Lord said to him, Peace. Here it is, guys. Get it. Peace. Do not be afraid. You are not going to die. So Gideon built an altar to the Lord there and called it Jehovah Shalom. The Lord is peace. To this day it stands in Ophrah of Abizarite. Wow. Here we go. Are you ready? Let's break this out real quick. We're getting ready to wrap up. Gideon, first of all, this isn't the first time he says God showed me a sign. I think we're going to talk about the one you guys are real familiar with next week. But he said, hang out, let me go get some stuff and come back. But did you notice what happened when he brought what he had to the rock? He brought what he had. What did the angel do with it? Touched it with his staff and instantly was on fire. Oh, this, I should have got an amen. Maybe y'all didn't catch it. Hang on just a second. When you bring what you have, because God has called you to something, when you bring what you have and you lay it before Him, the Holy Spirit just takes a hold of it, consumes it, and God has got you ready to go. Amen. We're going to talk about the next step in the next week. But And then, did you notice what the Lord said? What was the first word? Peace. Peace. Because point number five, only God can give true peace. You're not going to find it anywhere else. Only God gives true peace. That word shalom, when it says peace there, when it talks about the Lord, peace, the Lord is peace, the Lord God, our peace, shalom means completeness, soundness, welfare, peace. Which is the word they use. But check out what it says. This is just some letters that follow the definition. This is out of concordance. Completeness in number. Safety and soundness in body. Welfare, health, prosperity. Peace, quiet, tranquility, contentment. Peace. Friendships of human relationships. And most importantly, with God, especially in a covenant relationship. When you're in covenant relationship with God. Peace from war. Peace as an adjective. It's moving. Peace. 
Philippians 4, 6 and 7 says, Be anxious for nothing. Some of y'all just ready to get to the end. But hold on now. God's got a timeline. There's things happening. There's, there's a growing process for you right now while you wait. Just wait. It says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Amen. Woo, I just want to preach right there. But I better hold up. Hold up, hold up. That word peace, now you're talking Greek. The other one was Hebrew. This is Greek. The Greek word there is irene. And I think you got to roll the R. Irene. Something like that, all right? Guess what it means? Security. Safety. Prosperity. It means similar to what we just read in the Old Testament, right? Why do we, God says he'll give you the peace that surpasses all understanding. Though it looks like your world's falling apart around you, you still got joy. Why? Because you got the peace of God inside. Your friends are looking at you thinking, you are nuts. Do you see what's going on? Do you see the stuff we're losing? Do you see this virus that's combating all of us? Do you see all this fear going on out here? And you're still standing there praising God because you got the joy of the Lord. You got that shalom peace is all understanding. But the only way you get that peace, if you read into the definition a little bit more, it says the tranquil state of a soul assured of its salvation through Christ. And so fearing nothing from God and content with its earthly lot of whatsoever sort that is. Whew. Now I didn't read the whole definition because it was long. But those are the two points I wanted to pull out tonight. Assurance of salvation. Your friends can't understand. Why are you still happy? Do you see what you lost? Do you see what you're having to give up? You can't explain that piece to them. Can't explain it. But I like where it says, so fearing nothing from God. Even if God, what did he say in the scripture we looked at earlier in Chronicles? If he sends a plague or if he sends locusts, like you did in Egypt, you've got peace knowing if it's from God, I'll be fine. Right? Amen. All right, yeah, yeah. We've got to get cast here. we got to get ready to close. So I um, guess that's what i got tonight. So uh, that's where God's got us started. We're going to look some more at chapter 1. Is that chapter? No, chapter 6 of Judges next week. Next week we get to the fun part, right? God, if it's you, do this. God, if it's you, do this. Some of us get to that point. Here's the point you need to understand tonight. God called him out. God's calling you out. Yes. There is a remnant rising up right now. Yes. The true church is rising up right now. Yes. And it's like Robin Bullock. We'll talk about it more in a few weeks. Talked about. We're in the removal of the 9700 right now. That will make more sense in a few weeks. Because he started with an army. Of like 33,000, right? We get to the story here in the next few weeks. Eliminated the ones that were afraid. Mm-hmm. Now, he's eliminating those that aren't paying attention. Oh, come on. The churches that are preaching fear. Who read one last week. I wish I was making that up, but that was a real post. If you missed it, go check out last week's message. That's fear. 
you're in a church like that, it's time to get out. Pack your bags. Don't look back. Because when God moves, this next move, he's separating the wheat from the tariffs in the church. He knows who's fake. And he knows who's real. And you're getting ready to see some things that's going to shock you. We're going to be shocked to see who falls. Because we thought they had it together. But it's not just big names. The church. The people in the church. God knows if you're really in this thing for him. That's who's got to go next. He's got to get to his 300. Right? Now I'm not talking about any number nowadays. But he's got to get down to the remnant. He's got to get down to the core group of people that he's going to use to take this world back in this final great revival. Stop. If you're turning on line right now, I want to thank you so much for joining with us. Make sure you check out nextlevelfreedomchurch.com. You go to the top of the page, click the menu button. There'll be a Dropbox drop down. If you follow that to the right side, you click on the link that says the road to new life. It will walk you through the process of salvation. Well, what is that? It's simply repenting for your sins, turning from your evil ways. If you're sitting out there tonight, you would like to get on that now. You can go there and get the information, but if you would like to receive Christ right now, because you know that your life's messed up and you need Jesus, you simply ask. You say, Dear Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I believe you died on the cross for me. And I believe you rose on the third day, becoming victorious over death, that I might live. I ask you to come into my heart, be Lord of my life, forgive me of all my sins. From here on out, I want to live my life for you. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving me. In your name I pray. Amen. And it doesn't stop with the prayer. Salvation is not a prayer. It's a lifestyle. Amen. I've said that for years. How do you know you're saved? By the fruit that you bear. What kind of fruit are you bearing? If you need any more information, make sure you check out that website, nextlevelfreedomchurch.com. You click on that link. It's there to help. Hopefully that will help you. God bless each of you. We'll see you guys next week.